Hey team, welcome to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera. This is the spot where we provide raw, unfiltered insights from some amazing guests. Stand by, you're about to be offended in all the right ways. All right team, welcome back to the podcast. Today's just me. I'm going to be talking to y'all a little bit about a debrief on South by Southwest and just two ideas that came through my mind. Some of them were themes from South by Southwest, and some of them were just thoughts that I had kind of put some patterns together along the way. And also just as I've noticed folks talking and different groups meet up and different events that they were hosted by or sponsored by this uh, event, what I realized is there were a lot of interesting uh, nuances and interesting connection points and items that came out from all those things coming together. So wanted to talk to y'all about that today. For those of y'all that don't know what South by Southwest is, it's a awesome festival here in Austin, Texas. It's every year during the spring. It's been going on for decades, I believe. It started off as a music and film festival, but now it's continued to progress into all things tech, entrepreneurship, industry, leadership, culture, and really about almost anything you could be interested in, you'll find it there. And so it's a really great event and really good to just get a pulse on what's going on in the world, especially the world of business, and also just what's going on with different people who are leading those businesses and trying to make a difference. So the two things that came out of there for me were human connection and building community. And so, and I should really reframe that. It's not really building community as the, the punchline here, or the spoiler alert. It's finding the community. Because you don't really build it, and we'll get into that. But the human connection piece was not an overt thing that was talked about during South by Southwest. But as I saw several leaders talking about their companies, their cultures, and what it takes to really get teams, not only from a revenue perspective and a profitability perspective to the next level, but also what it takes just to build a place that matters and that's meaningful to work in requires something different. And again, no one really stated this explicitly, but this is what I drew from that and what I drew from my own personal experiences and how this matters. So we often talk about leadership, and we know we talk about that on this show quite a bit. But one of the things that we will miss when we're talking about leadership is if you really boil down what great leaders are awesome at, is being able to build strong connections with fellow humans. And that's really it. There's a lot that goes into the job, there's no doubt about it, and there's a lot that goes into that responsibility. But being able to build strong connections with other humans is paramount. Because the actual act of leading is really one's ability to inspire and move individuals in the direction that we need to move, right? To accomplish the bigger task or the purpose at hand. And so in order to be able to do that, great leaders and folks that are at the helm need to be able to have the ability to create meaningful relationships with their teammates and also get them between each other to connect. Of course, there's professional and boundaries that you have to respect, right? I'm not talking about becoming friends with everybody because that'll also break down the culture and the structure of an organization. But it's also not being so rigid in these relationships where you don't have the ability to be human in those times when things get tough. And so what it's really about is how do you go ahead in this human connection piece and how do you get to do it so that the outcome becomes where your teammates are going home when they have a task that they know they need to think about the next day or they're staring down, you know, uh, Excel spreadsheet or they're out there and simply trying to give a briefing. 
and they got to do a good job. And how do you get them to stop thinking, okay, this is your job, so you just got to do it. And instead say, there's something more here, and this is why I want to do it. The best example that I have, or the one that's fresh comes to mind, is actually, again, from my time in the service. One of the things that from the outside looking in may not be very apparent is that you see a lot of these soldiers uh, marching around, following orders, being very rigid, right? And this goes for sailors, airmen, Marines, you know, the whole, the, the whole gambit of different types of service people. But the one thing that I noticed uh, from the inside looking out is when you really think about why this becomes and looks from the outside in a very well-oiled machine, folks that can really operate and do the impossible oftentimes, especially a younger generation, right? A lot of the folks that you hear stories of heroism and really accomplishing the impossible are quite young folks, right? 17 to 25 years old are doing these really incredible things. But it's because you have to understand why that organism is that way, why that organization is that way. Again, from the outside looking in, you're just like, well, they're really great at following orders. But I'll tell you, all of us can be really great at following orders if we decide to. If somebody tells you who's your boss to do something and you do it, you would then be good at following orders. The difference in what gets teams that become elite and do the impossible is really their connection between each other and how well their leaders are able to foster that human connection within their teams. The reason these soldiers charge the hill, jump on grenades, and rescue their teammates you know, in the heat of battle is not because of just their training or because policy in D.C. said they had to do so or the commanding generals issued out this guidance that was inspiring. It's simply because they care about each other. If you've asked any of them why you really did this, the answers usually sound something like, well, because I know they would have done it for me or I just couldn't leave him or her out there, right? I needed to step up because I just care about that person. So why does that exist, right? Where does that caring come from? Well, again, it goes back to human connection. Usually most of those organizations, you have found people who are leading the leaders of that organization doing a really great job modeling that example. This is everything from establishing relationships and connections that understand where your teammates are from, what family things are going through, what their aspirations and goals are, the type of music they're into, um, the things that keep them up at night. It's all those things about creating that connection point and being able to create a real meaningful relationship is really all leadership is about. The other thing you have to understand is that leading teams is really about leading individuals. Great leaders are incredible at leading individual people. And so when you look at it from the outside looking in, it can seem very easy to just peanut butter spread one universal leadership philosophy, and this is how it's going to apply. But I don't know about y'all, but anytime I've met even people with the same last name, they all act a little bit different. Well, that's because we're all individuals. We all have different things and nuances that we care about. So as a leader, your job is to understand how your teammates operate in their own personality and their own aspirations and their own fears so that you can utilize the correct inspiration, relationships, and engagements to get them to move the right way. Because it comes back to human connection. What you'll find is this is why the job's hard. This is why it's not easy, right? Because if you were able to just apply universal um, tactics across your entire team, then yeah, maybe it wouldn't be so difficult and be a little more robotic. This is why at some point you probably get, you know, whether you're a CEO, an entrepreneur, a COO, a director of finance, or a first, you know, frontline manager, you'll find that after a while, after you've probably reached five to eight people, 
right? That you're going to start breaking your own ability to understand and develop the human connection you need within your organization. So that's important. And that's something to think about as you're moving forward and as you decide to lead. Then once that becomes bigger than you're capable of doing in a very honest and authentic way, then it's your job to start creating more teams under the teams that you currently have to be able to spread that responsibility so that those human connections are established. That's another thing that in the service I learned is that after a certain point, after eight people come together, now you got a squad leader. And after a couple of those squads together, now you got a platoon sergeant. And after you get those, you know, a platoon leader, right? After you get that couple of platoons together, now you got a company commander. There's a reason and a method and why it is. And it's not only just for command and control, but it's really so you understand and know your people. And that's no different than having a marketing department or having an ops team. At some point, one leader can't influence, manage, engage with, and connect with a million different people, right? With a hundred people individually on their teams. So that's the human connection piece. The other takeaway that I had from South by Southwest, this actually was more direct from there, is community. Now this applies to human connection. We're going to talk about that here at the end and why these two things go together. But one of the things that I thought was really incredible is actually sitting in a session where the chief marketing officer of Yeti was talking through how they were able to find their community, not build it. And what they'd said was that they started off first understanding what they stood for and who they appealed to, the fishing, the outdoor community. They didn't create that. That community already existed. Their charge and what their secret sauce was is they created something that that community that already existed was able to find and interact with and then say, okay, Yeti, we're going to adopt you as part of what we're into. And so Yeti didn't build a community. Yeti found their community or the community found them. And so what's really important to know about there is that oftentimes companies get started with the idea that we need to build a community. We need to go out there and just charge straight ahead and make something and get people to believe in what we're doing. The reality of it is, is people already believe probably in what you're doing. It's very hard these days to come up with a brand spanking new idea. But the difference is, is if you can find something that you know you can uniquely provide and engage with, your community, that community will find you. And that's really what it's all about. The other thing that listening into that session there with the Yeti CMO was really incredible was that now also your responsibility is not to, as soon as that community finds you, is not to go find the other communities. The best thing you can do to create stickiness within your brand and with what you stand for is allow that community that found you to go find other communities and invite them in. Not yourself, but allow those communities to do so. So a really good example was they explained there the Yeti CMO was going through and how they had uh, accessed and connected with the fishermen, fishing you know, uh, community out there. And what was unique about that experience is from afar, Yeti really imagined being one day in the surfing community and wanting to get into that community because it lent itself to a lot of the things they were doing, but they didn't believe that they earned the right to be in that community yet. And didn't want to force themselves into it. Well, lo and behold, that community actually reached out to them a lot sooner. They, Yeti thought they were probably three, four years out before they were able to access that community uh, or be able to build a relationship with that community. And the surfing community actually reached out to them first and said, why don't we do something together? And to much the Yeti's surprise, they had said, well, I didn't realize that y'all were ready and I didn't realize that we had earned that right yet. And what they found is that the fishing community and a lot of the people that are related to that also tend to surf and vice versa. They're all in the water together. And a lot of the Yeti 
products were already being used in that community. And so through that invitation, through the fishing community, and through the now then connecting through the surfing community, Yeti was able to authentically be able to provide this. The way I like to think about it, especially as you're out there building human connections, not only internally with your people, but also externally, is think about your company, think about your brand as a blank canvas farm field, right? Your job is to grow a crop, right? And imagine that this farm field is open. There's no fences. There's no nothing. The bugs, the critters, the other plants that might grow next to it, all these things that come into that field are those communities. You didn't create the uh, grasshopper community. You didn't create the deer community that's walking in there and eating some of your corn. That already existed. Your job is to create a fertile enough environment and it to be interesting enough that those communities find you. And when they find you, that you continue to nurture that relationship right? You don't own that community. That community has decided to be a part of what you're doing. And they found that whatever you're there and whatever you are presenting is worthy enough to be hanging out in. So that's really the same way when we talked about at the beginning of this, internally looking at human connection, this is also about externally establishing human connection. Because leadership also comes in the form of being a leader in the industry and being able to lead your customers and your clients and the communities that are out there into different ways of thinking about things, different waters and different understandings of the things that they thought they liked. There might be a better way and maybe a better product and better service that they might get into. So the way these two things really relate, the way I kind of boil down human connection with leadership and community is that it's just really about understanding when and where there isn't chemistry. One of the things that I talk with several executives about and founders is in the early days, especially of a business, and in the later days, it's really funny how those two things can be similar from a people management perspective, is oftentimes you will find yourself sacrificing chemistry for just trying to get the job done, forcing it, right? And in the early days, it's really about trying to get enough teammates, trying to get enough people on the team just to make things go. And sometimes you don't want to be very discerning about who's on the team, and then in the later days, you have enough support in the system already that it's easy to lose sight of something that isn't working because a lot of the other support systems around just cover down. And so what you want to think about is, is the way that community building and human connection work is really about, is there chemistry there or not? Because if there's chemistry there, then those two things will connect. When you find things not connecting, and sometimes it's not negative connection. Sometimes it's not because you don't like each other or not. Sometimes it's just because these weren't meant to be. And as a great leader, your responsibility is to recognize that and not only do something about it, but ensure that you're doing it with dignity and respect. And so one example I might give is that oftentimes you've probably experienced this, but there are times where there is somebody on your team that's just absolutely, you know, a rock star, really great at what they do. But there's also just this mixture of you realize that there's just also something that isn't clicking either between you two personally or just within the company. And it might have to do with the fact that it's in an industry that that person doesn't care about really, or you find that the things and the goals that you need based on what they're capable of doing aren't quite aligned. Or you just find that there's just personality mismatch. You can respect them from afar, but as you're working together, there just isn't something there. 
it's your job to recognize that, that chemistry doesn't exist. Because in that scenario, you with through that human connection, you've kind of forced community to join you. Hey, come here, right? And if that person is into, I'm just going to do a very specific example here, but into, let's say, the fine arts, and you're a company that develops software, well, those two things may just never match. And being able to get that 100% potential out of that person just isn't going to be there. As a leader, your job is to recognize that there isn't human connection there also, and that your ability to nurture that connection is not going to be authentic, which means that you need to be very upfront about that and discover where and how you can help this individual ultimately leave the organization in a lot of cases. But again, do it with dignity and respect because that person will be valuable somewhere else. That's the truth. We're all meant to do something at a particular place in a particular time. And your job as a leader is also to recognize if you kind of look at this world as everybody at the end of the day is going to ultimately serve the purpose that they need to serve. And it's all ultimately going to come around in a really great way that helps each other out. All tides rise, all ships. Then your job would be to go out there and encourage and maybe support to the extent that you can maybe open some doors or whatnot for that person to be able to find what they're doing next. So it was a really solid week at South by Southwest. Um, and outside of that, I think the community was more on the nose during South by Southwest, but the human connection piece was the nuances I was picking up during all the different talks and as I was engaging with people. So I think it's to summarize all this is that being a great leader is really about establishing meaningful human connections, right? And being able to understand that your team is not one organism, but a collection of different individuals that you have to lead in a very specific way and understand where there's chemistry and where there's not. And then remember as a community, as you're looking externally to creating human connection, it's about just finding the communities that resonate with you, not building them, but finding them and being able to have in a fertile enough environment where they feel that they can live and be a part of. So this is how that stuff works together. It's a tough job. It's tough work, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it. All right, y'all, that's all I got. Human connection, community, go get after it, and we'll see you on the high ground. Well, thank you all for listening. This is the Professionally Offensive Podcast. You can catch us on all platforms. JC out.